0: Well, guys, I want to thank you for tuning in and making this podcast a part of your day today. I'm your host, Ryan Sebastian, and I am joined with my co-host, David Pinkham.
1: Good day to you all. I'm excited to be here. I had a birthday on Saturday, so now I'm in the most terrifying year of my life. Uh, 33, the year Jesus laid his life down for humanity. Thankfully, I'm not perfect, so I think I should be safe. But, you know, 2021 is looking a little rough already. So who knows?
0: <laughs> so, so Dave, what did you do for your birthday?
1: Uh, well, I'm a bit of a nerd. So um, my wife uh, got all of my old uh, books that I used to read as a kid uh, growing up from this Redwall series by an author named Brian Jakes. And she threw me a Redwall themed party. So uh, this author uh, drove him nuts when he was a kid that people write novels and talk about feasts, but not actually describe what the people ate. So when he wrote his books, the Red Ball series, uh, he describes the feast in in so much detail that you're hungry by the time you're reading, done reading it. And so she found the cookbook he created based on all of these different dishes, and she made all of them. And then we had a proper Red Ball feast with music and everything. It was awesome. My kids loved it. I loved it. Uh, there's some interesting foods out there <laughs> it was good though my favorite i think was the uh the, the the dish that the moles ate which was uh deeper and ever turnip and tater and beetroot pie
0: that <laughs> say that sounds, five times fast yeah that sounds very interesting very interesting i'm such a nerd dude That <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds like my kids wanted to have a uh well i guess it's normal to most people want to have a Star Wars. store wars now they're into yeah. uh starting to get a little bit into Harry Potter not quite because they can't they can't watch the other uh, later uh videos the movies yeah, not quite a little darker up. at the end but but go. it's it's built to grow with those who grew with the books so but anyways i I am uh really looking forward to this interview uh it is a it's a little bit different but very relevant especially especially for what we are dealing with, this, uh, with today uh, with COVID and uh, going towards digital ministry and what that looks like. Because I have to be honest, I, and I we've talked about this a lot in the last six to eight months, but digital ministry is so important right now in our culture dealing with COVID. And I think even way beyond COVID, once this goes away, uh, digital ministry is here to stay, uh, so I'm re- really excited and pumped up to to have an opportunity for uh, for you guys who are listening to hear from Nona Jones. Uh, Nona Jones uh, wrote a very very good book that I thought was very intriguing. It's called um, uh, Social Media to Social Ministry, and kind of how to utilize specifically Facebook. Um, to build a digital ministry platform. Um, So I'm very excited uh, and very pumped up for today's interview. So stay tuned as we talk with Nona Jones. Well, guys, I am super excited uh, and pumped up for today's interview because it's going to be a little bit different type of interview than what we're used to. We're going to be talking about social media and in reality, how to have a social ministry through social media. So I'm very excited by uh, talking with Nona Jones and about her new book, From Social Media to Social Ministry. So, Nona, how about you introduce yourself a little bit for those who may not know who you are and a little bit about your ministry.
2: Sure. Well, first of all, uh, thank you so much for having me. And uh, it's just, it's an honor to talk about something that I'm so passionate about. Um, So behind the book, I uh, wear many hats. Um, My husband is a pastor, so I support him in our local church. And, um, you know, obviously I've also written this book from social media to social ministry. I myself, uh, have an itinerant ministry, so I get to, uh, travel around the world and, uh, preach and teach the word of God. Um, I'm truly passionate about seeing people's lives transformed, uh, through the work of the cross. And, uh, I also, um, I work for a a small startup. Uh, some of you may have heard of it. Uh, it's out there in the Bay Area called Facebook. Um, I lead the uh, faith partnerships work there, which essentially means I get to work with um, uh, communities of faith and faith influencers all around the world to one, help them use Facebook for ministry, but then two, to help inform the way that we build products and tools to serve the faith ecosystem. Um, and I'm also a wife and a mom and uh, all that all that good stuff. So that's quite a few things going on. <laughs>
0: Uh, absolutely not. We, we talked a little bit a, a little bit before we started recording uh, that you, the book was released in 2020, so it was released in the midst of COVID, uh, but the planning for this book was done way before. Uh, so, so I do have to say, for when it comes to God's timing for a resource that, that needs to be used and utilized right now, God knew exactly when this book needed to be released.
2: Well, and let me, let me tell you about the, the true providence of God and, and make it even bigger. Um, so before Facebook, I've been at Facebook for about three and a half years now, but uh, before Facebook, I was in a job I loved um, for several years and thought I would retire from that job. But um, the Lord called me away from it. I was in prayer one day and uh, I was in prayer about that job and uh, was looking for wisdom on what to do next and what, um actions to take next to achieve the goals that were set before me and uh, i heard the the lord say this assignment is over and of course that caught me off guard because i was like what do you mean this assignment is over i I love my job what does this mean and um you know after praying a little bit more i got clarity that in fact yes the lord was calling me away and uh i was told to resign at the end of the fiscal year which was june 30th of 2017 and so you know fast forward to that day uh it was only a couple of months later (laughs) And uh, I was sitting across from my boss at the time, and um, you know I had to tell her that I was leaving. And of course, she was like, "Where are you going? What are you doing?" And all I could tell her is, "You know, I'll tell you soon." <laughs> I was like, "I'll tell you once I know." But um, you know, we finished that meeting around one forty that afternoon. I got in my car. I was driving home, and at two oh five, my cell phone rang and uh it was uh on the other it was a you know unmarked number i didn't i didn't know who it was i thought it was a telemarketer and so uh i wasn't going to answer it and the spirit told me to take the call and so i did and the other woman on the other line said hi is this nona jones i said yes and she told me she was calling from facebook which you know like who who gets a call out of the blue from facebook so i was like no really who is this but she proceeded to tell me that in fact she was. And, um, you know, that really catalyzed my journey. Um, I accepted a role that I didn't have any plans on. I never applied for my job, but, uh, that was, let me see the spring of 2017, fast forward to 2018 in the summer. And, uh, my publisher uh, was wanting to publish my, my memoir. And so, you know, we wrote up the contract on that. And then just as an addendum, like a little something on, on the contract, they were like, "Well, why don't we why don't we do a book about your expertise on social media?" And I was like, "I was like, okay, you know, yeah, I, I digital discipleship is is something I'm passionate about." So I started writing about it, and uh, we set the release date for September 2020. And I was just like, "Yeah, you know, no big deal. Here's the thing. I mean, God, of course, is so sovereign. Wrote this book. Was planning to release it in September 2020." I released my memoir in January of this year, twenty. well, last year, 2020. I didn't even do any like book tour, publicity or anything for from social media to social ministry, like nothing, because I was so focused on my other book. And um, of course, God knew that 2020 was going to shut the doors of the physical church buildings around the world. And so uh, I share that because when we think about God's timing, it all works together. so much so that I'm just like, wow lord you you knew what i couldn't have even conceived of
0: and that's a that's a really cool story uh, And and to be honest with you uh, a lot the re- reason i want to talk with you specifically about social media is uh of course is something that the church at large needs to take hold of and utilize but in a youth ministry space if uh in my opinion again my opinion may be wrong uh, social media is so much more needs to be utilized because teenagers are on it, in my opinion, way more than adults. Uh, so it needs to be utilized to another degree. Uh, and that's the reason why your book, and, and even though it's meant for, for using the church at large, just taking the bits and nuggets of some things in the book and utilizing it, even in my own personal ministry, has definitely um, has been a benefit. Uh, One thing I did notice when I was reading that kind of intrigued me is you talk about the difference between a social media plan versus a social media strategy. Uh, Can you explain what is the difference between uh, a social media plan versus a strategy?
2: Sure. So um, the the juxtaposition I make is social media plan versus a social ministry strategy, and the reason for that is you know social media tends to be um, viewed as a marketing tool. So it's, it's used to raise awareness, to try to you know increase reach, uh, to get content in front of more eyeballs. A social ministry strategy is not just about raising awareness or increasing reach, it's rooted in the Great Commission, which is this, Jesus didn't tell us to go ye therefore into all nations and reach people, He said to teach them. And so social ministry strategies are all about helping people uh, grow in their faith. And you can't do that just by making a random post. So it becomes a question of um, sequencing. It becomes a question of relationship building. How do we use these tools to actually facilitate discipleship, which is the relational maturation of your faith? How do we get people in community as opposed to simply observing content, that is the difference.
0: Yeah, and, I, and I'm, if I remember correctly, uh, reading through your book, you talk about the difference between consumerism, and I guess the other end of it's being active or activism, being active and sociably. Um, and you even talk a little bit, if I remember correctly, that Facebook, specifically Facebook, is really the only form of social. Ministry, which, I, to be honest with you, I never really thought about until I read your book. That every other form of so-called social ministry is really consumerism, or you're consuming content, but not I'm not building community within that content. Can you just real briefly? Can you kind of explain why Facebook, in the realm of community, is more effective?
2: Absolutely, and so uh, this is this is my um, this is one of my um, thoughts that I think you know I've received a lot of great feedback about the book. This is the one thing that people who read it were like, "Oh my gosh!" But you just spend so much time on Facebook. Why can't you talk about more platforms? Well, I do. Like I provide a primer of these other platforms, but I only do it for the purpose of helping people understand why Facebook is truly the platform for social ministry. Now, mind you, when I came to Facebook, I was not a like social media strategist. I did not work in this space. I was not a lifelong digital communicator. I came to Facebook as a pastor. I came to Facebook as someone who understands building communities. And so uh, when I really got under the hood and I started to see what Facebook was capable of, I was like, we're calling other platforms, social media and social uh, platforms, when in fact, they're simply broadcast platforms because they're designed for people to consume content. Um, What makes a social ministry platform a ministry platform is it's not about consuming content. It's about building relationships that leads to maturation of faith. And Facebook is the only platform that has the tools and the capacity to enable you to do that. And I know some people don't like to hear that because they're like, but that's just so limiting, but it's the truth. It's the truth. I mean, I, I've studied these platforms in detail um, and I'm telling you like that's, that's where you're going to see ministry happen.
0: Now that kind of brings up the next thing I want to ask when we talk about uh, using, utilizing social ministry specifically for discipleship. Um. How would you respond to someone who said that social media is not an effective way to disciple?
2: I, I would first say that I don't think you have to choose between uh, in-person discipleship or digital. I think it's both and. I think what has happened is people have decided it's either or, and it's not that at all. Um, there are some people who will never step foot in a, a physical church location. They will never join a small group at a coffee shop. They just won't. Um, but if you were to create a digital Bible study on Facebook, that's dealing with, you know, financial crisis, or that's dealing with, uh, divorce or, you know, growing from insecurity, you know, they may join that because that's answering a problem that they have and it's meeting them right where they are. I think the traditional model of church has failed because we have required people to meet us where we are instead of meeting them where they are. So that would be my response is it's not either or it's really both and and I think we have to um, use both.
0: absolutely and when I, when I see uh, could you talk about this a little bit in your book, talk about how Facebook pages? The page, the actual page of of your church or your ministry, is the front door, and Facebook groups is actually uh, like be on your couch in your living room. You give kind of give that analogy uh, within your book. Can you kind of kind of dive in and explain what you mean by that?
2: Sure. Yeah, I I typically uh, invite people to think of your Facebook presence as a house. Um, And, you know, if we think about uh, our church as a house of worship, think of your Facebook presence as your online house of worship. So your page is it's like your front porch. It's the public space. You know, anyone driving down a public road can see the the front porch. They can see the facade. Um, Think of Facebook Live as the front door. So you open the front door. You can interact with people on the porch or on the outside. Um, and, and that's what Facebook live is designed to do, but if you really want to build relationships and you want to do ministry, you're going to have to invite people inside and not just so that they can sit and listen and look, you want to invite them inside so that they can interact with one another and they can learn and grow together. And that's where Facebook groups comes in. Um, and then within Facebook groups, you have tools like learning units, which allows you to create uh, sequential modular learning in groups. So that people can, um, you know, learn and they can go through posts and uh, you can link posts together so that it's actually taking them on a learning journey. And then you also have in groups a, a mentorship feature, which allows you to connect people together where someone who perhaps has more knowledge or experience than another person can become a mentor to that person. And so that is the essence of discipleship. Um, and, and you're not going to be able to do those types of things on a YouTube or a Snapchat or an Instagram. Like you just, you just can't, you can't, you can post content, but you cannot build community. And that's what makes um, Facebook so important.
0: Yeah. I, um, for me personally, because I know a lot of us are listener or are, are youth leaders and youth pastors and of course is a youth ministry podcast. And a lot of us uh, during this transition COVID have entered more roles of of uh, digital ministry. I know I've been asked to do it because uh, for some reason when it comes to youth, the youth guy is seen as the tech guy. Uh, it, just, it just naturally is that way. Uh, so of course, I, when I took on, I've been taking on social media and social ministry as a whole as a from church at large and utilizing the uh, same kind of principles that I read in your book, applying some of those principles within our own ministry. And I've seen it from a, from our church as a whole, utilizing Facebook groups and engaging questions and community, I've seen our engagement, our level of of just openness, uh, of of being completely open what they're dealing with their life, and ask for prayer and encouragement. I've seen it go through the roof since implementing some of these uh, some of these principles. And that's the next thing I want. I want to kind of dive and ask is. Uh, What are some strategies that youth leaders can can do to implement and create a social ministry in a youth ministry context?
2: Yeah, well, let me first uh, address a a myth. Um, There have been so many youth pastors I've talked to who have said, well, we just use Instagram or Snapchat because the youth aren't on Facebook. Let me tell you, they're there. They're just not posting because their parents are there too. And so uh, a lot of times, you know, even when we were having in-person services, I would walk down the aisle and I would see young people, you know, 12, 13. Well, it can't be 12, but 13, 14 years old uh, on their phone scrolling through Facebook, like just looking um, because you've got more than 3 billion people there. And so they they want to be connected. What I would recommend is um, create a space specifically and exclusively for the young people in your ministry through Facebook groups and use that as a tool to gather them together. Um, You want to think of your Facebook group as your online church campus. So anything that you would potentially do on campus, you can do in your group. So let's say it's going to be a youth Bible study. Well, you can go live in the group. Not only that, now there's the rooms product, which is really great because it's, it's video chat built into a group. So One of the ways that we use rooms in our um, Facebook community is if we have a Bible study, one of us will go live in the room, we'll let people join us in the room, and then once we have a critical mass, we will make the room go live in the group, so people who weren't able to join the group can see what's happening in the group, um, but it becomes an opportunity for conversation, and it's great, and so things like that are important. Making sure that you are using things like learning units and mentorship, if you have other people in your congregation who are willing to serve as mentors to young people um, and they're on Facebook, employ them uh, in your Facebook communities to serve as mentors to young people. The goal is engagement, that's the thing. So it's been said many times that you know content is king. That is true, content is king, but engagement is emperor. Like we have to think about how do we engage people, uh, make them feel special, seen, valued uh, on online.
0: No, Absolutely, and one thing Like, personally, for me, uh, in my context, I've had, I'm still figuring out how to get Facebook to work well uh, for my teens. I'm still in the process of learning, trying things out, but I have seen it as being very effective for my parents, uh, specifically uh, uh, interacting in the group, uh, prayer requests, similar to what we do as a church, as large, but as as smaller scale designed for my parents. So I do see Facebook groups having a tremendous advantage when it comes to parent ministry of giving resource to your parents, kind of using education groups that you're talking about, having content Um, is encouraging, praying for each other and also giving wins and stories of their kids and and what they're going through and asking advice from other parents. Um, So I've I've seen that being more effective in that realm uh, when it comes to my context, specifically uh, for parents. Well, Nona, um, if somebody want to get in contact with you specifically t- uh, t- about this concept when it comes to building a social ministry, or they want to just get to connect with you in uh, various things, what is the best way to get connect with you?
2: Um, so I encourage people to connect me on um, Facebook or Instagram. Um, my handle on Facebook, Instagram, as well as YouTube is at NonaNotNora. Um, so you can follow me on all those platforms and you can also visit my website, Um, I try to be responsive when people reach out to me. So feel free to do so. And uh, yeah, that's great. I, I think uh, what you're doing is so powerful. And, and the encouragement I would say uh, to all the, the youth pastors and leaders listening is you have been called for such a time as this. I mean, if you think about it, you, you could have been a youth pastor or youth leader at any point in history and it just so happens that you are right now uh, during this very challenging time for for churches and so just be encouraged and know that uh, God is going to work through you all very uniquely and specially and I'm happy to support him however I can
0: well now I want to thank you for taking the time to come out on the podcast today
2: my pleasure this has been such a great experience so thank you for doing this and inviting me
0: well guys I am Again, thankful for uh, Nona's insight, uh, specifically how to utilize Facebook, in particular uh, to build a social ministry, build a social uh, platform to disciple, disciple others. And again, some of you may be thinking, because uh, I, to be honest with you, I was in this boat, and I know me and David talked about it, and David uh, has been in this boat as well as we kind of wrestle with is digital, doing things digitally for his discipleship, is it really effective? And, and part of me still believes that it's not as effective as in person. I still wholeheartedly believe that it's not as effective, but the fact is, is that you need to meet people where they are at. And if they're online if they're on your social media platforms, it's important to reach them where they are.
1: Yeah. And that's something that is not going to go away, like you said earlier. So we have to uh, choose whether we're going to engage or run away and hide. And uh, I think now, e- even as as you mentioned earlier about just the situation we find ourselves in with our culture and with the shutdown, all that stuff, uh, even in the winter, you know, we don't, churches now no longer have an excuse for calling us no day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, our, our church uh, this Sunday, we had snow uh, and it hit hard enough and long enough that we couldn't have in-person services. So my pastor went live from home. I hopped on the comment section because we do our live streaming on Facebook through our page. And uh, he hopped on the live stream at home, his house. I hopped on the live stream at my house on the comment section and I interacted with people. And what we normally do on a Sunday was just real truncated, but we still were able to have uh, some some reach. Uh, there were still some conversations going on. There's still communication going. And uh, even some of the things that she talked about in the interview with, uh, within the groups themselves, using, utilizing Facebook groups, not just to have a number of people within it in the group together, but the different features that groups provide, uh, like the learning modules or the the classroom type stuff, where you can put people in smaller groups and, and do a learning thing. That's something that's, you know, we're going to have to look into and, and, see if we can leverage. I'm I'm already been thinking about um, the material that we send home to parents or even to the students for note taking or something like that, where we can put it out there for them to easily download or access from their phone or tablet, um, no matter where they are. And they can have the material that we're trying to go through if we're going to do a study or something like that. So definitely something I think um, we we can capitalize on and so uh if you have been listening thank you uh thank you for sticking with us through the whole episode this was probably one of the shorter ones we've ever done uh, which might be a welcome break because i'm a talker Um, but thank you for listening and if you haven't yet please leave a star or comment and or comment review uh, for the podcast that allows us to continue to uh, be near the top of the search results as people look for solid youth ministry content and ways of engaging our culture with the gospel uh, specifically the students in our culture Uh, and again uh, like i've said before if there is a topic that you've been curious about how to uh, address it or handle it within the context of church ministry uh, something that our culture is already talking about that maybe the church hasn't started talking about yet please send us a message uh, through social media whether it's instagram or facebook We'd be happy to, to address that, maybe even talk about it on the podcast. And uh, we'd really appreciate you guys doing that.
0: Well, guys, stay tuned for our next episode.